Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Ladies and those who prepared the food for the banquet last night, and if you were not at the banquet last night, you missed it. The food was excellent, just absolutely excellent. And I don't know what all of the recipes were and all of the ingredients that you fine ladies put into that, uh, and maybe some of you gentlemen helped with that also, but uh, I don't know all of the ingredients, but someone has some good recipes somewhere. And with, you know, with any good dish, any good food, Uh, I love good food, and uh, there's a recipe, there are ingredients that go into that to make it such. Amen. And in the same way, when it comes to our giving to God, there's also a recipe. There is a biblical, scriptural, spiritual recipe that tells us the vital elements that should be in our giving to God. And we're going to talk about that some today. I'm going to talk about one of those elements this morning. With the help of the Holy Ghost, we're going to talk about faith and just the operation of faith and just uh, the subject of faith. And then tonight, the Lord willing, we'll continue to talk about faith. This evening will be the faith promise service, and and God's going to help us, and God's going to help you, and Pastor Borders will be leading you into your faith promise commitments tonight at the ending or toward the ending of the service. But a couple of elements that are vital if you really want to have you know, you're giving up to par uh, the way that God would intend it to be. There's got to be the element of faith. The Bible says clearly without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can do everything that you can do. You can be as good as you can be and get as good as you can get. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen? So faith is an essential element of our giving and of our living for God. In fact, I was reminded this morning as I was studying and preparing for this service, I was reminded in Mark chapter 2 where the Bible talks about the four men who brought the lame man to the house in Capernaum where Jesus was. And, and uh, the Bible says that they, because there was no room in the house, they climbed up on the roof and evidently pulled back some of the roofing and they let down the bed where on the lame man lay they let it down into the room into the midst where Jesus was and the Bible says this when Jesus saw their faith so our faith is visible but it's not visible in the sense of just faith floating around in the air and we see it no it was visible because of their actions because of what they did, because of what they believed. They believed that if they could just get that lame man into the presence of God, they believed that he would be healed. And you know what? He was healed because of their faith. Amen. So faith is, is evident, and it becomes evident in our actions. Uh, we, the Bible says clearly we walk by faith and not by sight. And the Lord willing, I want to talk a little more about walking by faith this morning. We see by faith. We see things, uh, faith is the uh, 
uh, is the sub substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen as yet. They shall be, but they're not yet. But we see through the eyes of faith, and we look at things that are not as though they were, and we claim it to be so because we see things through the eyes of faith. We speak by faith. Sometimes I know that you've done that. There's times when things are not going well, when someone perhaps is sick or, or there's, a, there's a situation going on. We speak by faith. We're going to believe God. We're trusting God with this. We don't see how it's going to work out, but somehow, some way, God's going to bring it to pass and He's going to bring us through this. And we speak the word of faith and it changes the atmosphere and it changes the situations. So faith is a is a vital element also when it comes to giving to God. We can't always see the end of the matter, but we give by faith because we know it's the right thing to do. I'm reminded of, of uh, some teaching. I remember my wife, and by the way, I'm, I'm always happy to have my wife with me, and uh, we travel so much together, very rarely apart, and uh, love her very, very much, most beautiful lady in all of the world, and uh, I thank God for her. And, uh, but I remember some teaching in one of our Bible school classes. I was always uh, her interpreter. Uh, the countries that we lived in and worked in for 20 years were the French countries. And uh, so she would teach, and excellent teacher, by the way, and she would teach, and I would interpret for her. So I know all of her stuff. I know all of her material, know it by heart. And, and uh, she's, a, she's, she's very thorough in her preparation. Uh, but I remember... I remember just a couple of statements that she made often in her teaching, and that is, in the Bible, God never spoke about blessing without speaking about obedience. Never. God never spoke to the children of Israel and said, I will bless you without either prefacing or ending what he, his word by saying, by talking about obedience. So you don't you don't get blessing without obedience, folks. I said you don't get blessing without obedience. Okay? And then on the other hand, God never spoke about a curse without speaking about disobedience. Amen. So faith is a vital part of what we do and how we live and how we see and how we speak and, and just how we live. Paul said we live by the faith of the Son of God. We live by faith, not just the just shall live by faith. And guess what? When the end, is, when the end comes and, and, and our time is up here on earth, the Bible says these all died in faith. So everything that we do as a child of God, everything that we do as a Christian, faith is intertwined in that. And it certainly is when it comes to our giving. So I want to read some scriptures this morning out of John chapter 4. Uh, don't worry, I'll, uh, I'll watch the clock real, real good. Uh, even though Pastor Borders never would tell me last night what time you usually get out, but don't worry, I won't, uh, I won't be too very long. Are there any good people from South Louisiana here this morning? Anyone got roots in, in South Louisiana? No one here related to our good, good kind, uh, wonderful Cajun people in South Louisiana, no one? Uh, 
I, I won't preach it all. I won't, I won't preach the entire Bible this morning. I'll just, just a little bit of it. But I'm reminded of uh, Francois and Boudreaux. Boudreaux was sitting out under the, uh, he was sitting out under the oak tree on a hot summer day, and he was sitting on the ground, and he had a block of wood there, had his old hound dog beside him, and had a hatchet in his hand. And every now and then, Boudreaux would cut just a little piece of the old hound dog, cut a little piece of his tail off. And every time he'd cut a piece of that dog's tail off, the old hound dog would just, Francois came walking by and he said, Boudreaux, what in the world are you doing? Boudreaux, what in the world are you doing to your dog, man? He said, well, I'm making myself a bulldog out of him. He said, well, Boudreaux, why don't, what are you cutting a small piece at a time? Why don't you just whack the whole tail off at one time? And he said, no, 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 no. He can hardly stand a little bit at a time. So I'm not going to try to do the whole thing this morning. <laughs> okay, we'll just do it a little bit at a time. John chapter 4, uh, very familiar story in the scripture beginning in verse number 46. Uh, so Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Now this was a serious dilemma that this man found himself in. His son is at the point of death. This is a nobleman. This was an important person in that day. And, uh, but in spite of his position in society, in spite of his importance in his community, uh, he still had this dilemma going on, and that is that his son was sick at the point of death. And verse 48 says, Then said Jesus unto him, to this nobleman, Except you see signs and wonders, you'll not believe. Now notice what Jesus addresses here. He said, if you don't see, you won't believe. If you don't see, you won't believe. Verse 49, the nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die, or either if you don't come with me, my child is certainly going to die. Verse 50, Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your son lives just simply turned to him and said, Go your way, your son live. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend, and they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him and so the father knew that it was at the very same hour in the which Jesus said unto him your son lives and himself believed and his whole house and this again is the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee I just want to talk about just let me give as a subject this morning changing the dynamics of your dilemma Changing the dynamics of your dilemma. I'm certain today that if I ask for a showing of hands, how many of us in this room today has a problem uh, of different uh, whatever, just but something you would consider to be a problem, maybe even a dilemma, there would be many hands that would go up. 
this man had such a dilemma. Uh, he seemed to be desperate. Now, the Bible, the verse that I didn't read to you was that Jesus came again. I think that was the first verse 46. He came again into Cana of Galilee, which lets us know he had been there before. But, of course, you know when he was there before, in John chapter 2, when Jesus actually worked the first miracle of his earthly ministry that we have record of, and that's when Jesus changed the water into wine. And a notable miracle, a very amazing miracle, and I think myself personally that that first miracle that he worked is, is symbolic of the first thing that he wants to do in my life and in your life, and that is totally change our lives. Is there any witnesses in the house today that can say that he changed your life completely? I was thinking this morning, Brother Borders, during the worship service, by the way, thank you to the worship team, great, great job of leading us into the presence of God. But I was thinking this morning, you know, in this congregation, sitting in this sanctuary this morning, two of the most unlikely people to be here, two of the most unlikely people to be where we are right now at this point in time are Randy and Carolyn Adams two of the most unlikely people to be missionaries, to be ministers, to be apostolic uh, ministers, to be missionaries, to be regional directors of the great continent of Africa. Two of the most unlikely people in the world are in this room today, and that would be myself and my beautiful wife. Two of the most unlikely. When we, we were not born and raised in the apostolic church, we came out of the world born in brought up in good Christian families, thank God for that, and we thank God for our heritage and our families to this day, but not brought up in this apostolic church at all, came out of the world into the church, received the Holy Ghost, got baptized in Jesus' name, never dreamed of being a preacher, never even imagined being a missionary, almost immediately after receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name, way down in Mississippi, and I know you haven't detected already that I may be from the Deep South, because I've lost all of that accent, I know, you know, from all of it. I said that one, one, one day in a service, and at the end of the service, a little lady, little elderly lady, shuffled up to me and said, Now, Brother Adams, I, I just want you to know I can still hear your southern accent. Didn't have a heart to tell her that I was joking about that, but most unlikely people to be here, to be doing what we're doing, would be my wife and me. And uh, my, my, how God can change us. I can certainly say that he changed our water into wine. It's the first thing that he wants to do. Now, if any man be in Christ, that could be any man, woman, young person, or child. If any person, if anyone be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. He will change your life. But the Bible says that he came again into Cana of Galilee, letting us know he'd been there before. And again, we know what he did there. And this is the second miracle that Jesus worked in Cana of Galilee. He returned to the scene of the crime, if you please. And now he works a second miracle. It's notable, just to take notice, that in the first miracle that Jesus worked in Cana of Galilee, in that miracle of changing water into wine that again symbolizes 
the change that he brings into our life when we're born again of water and of the Spirit. I just want to say it again on this Pentecost Sunday 2021. It is a real change that takes place. This salvation, this salvation of, of the new birth of the water and of the Spirit, it's genuine. It's real. It is real, and there's nothing like it. And I hope you haven't gotten tired of it. I hope it hasn't just become, you know, old, something old to you. But it's wonderful, and it's magnificent, because the God that we serve, there is none like Him. Amen. But that first miracle, it required obedience to two simple commands. Jesus said to those servants back in John 2, we didn't read the scripture, but you can read them, you know the verses. Jesus said, fill the water pots with water, and the Bible says, and they filled them to the brim. Just simple obedience. God says, and we obey. If you read, in fact, the book of the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, it's a, there's a list there of miracle after miracle after miracle, and it all is prefaced by one thing, by faith Noah, by faith Abel, by faith Abraham, by faith Sarah, by faith, uh, and on and on the list goes. God gave an opportunity. God initiated an opportunity and those men and women obeyed. They stepped out by faith, and God worked a miracle. Almost every miracle in the Word of God is prefaced by an effort made by a human being just like you and me. Not by super spiritual heroes, but by men and women who faced real dilemmas and faced real problems and real situations but they believed God, they believed His Word, and they stepped out by faith, and they walked by faith, they spoke by faith, they saw through the eyes of faith, and God worked miracles. And that same God is in this place today, and He's still in the business of working miracles, and I don't, it doesn't matter what you're going through or what you're living through right now, but we serve a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. And it may sound oversimplified, but if He did it then, He can do it now. If He did it there, He can do it here. If He did it for them, He'll do it for you. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house on this Pentecost Sunday 2021. Praise God. Praise God. So two simple commands, fill the water pots with water. They did it. The second one, draw out now or pour out now. And the Bible says that they bear, he said to pour out and they poured out and they took that water that, uh, that was changed into wine they took it to the governor of the feast. In other words, they simply obeyed what Jesus said do. And again, it sounds oversimplified. But ladies and gentlemen and brothers and sisters, if God said it, he will do it. I said if God said it, he will do it. I read a story recently about 
a younger man that was, uh, he was just totally amazed by the elder that was, uh, uh, that was praying. He would watch the elder pray, and he said that when the elder prayed, it just seemed like heaven came down. It just seemed, seemed like heaven and earth met uh, in, that, in, in that prayer meeting when the, when the elder would pray. And he, the younger man, approached the elder and asked him, Sir, I just, uh, what, what is the secret to your prayer life? Because it just seems like heaven comes down when you pray, and, uh, and, and heaven and earth just meet together when you pray. What's the secret to your, the power in your prayer. And he told the younger man, he said, young man, he said, find a promise in the word of God and then plead the promise and pray until the promise comes to pass. You see, there's, I, I, I look around the room and I, I see enough about my, probably my, my age in this room to know you remember the old the old arithmetic books that we used to have at school. Anyone remember the old arithmetic books we had at school? Now, nowadays, I don't even know that they even teach. They call it math or whatever. I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, we come from an era where 2 plus 2 was 4, and it was pretty easy to, you know, to come up with that 2 plus 2 plus 4 equals 4. But nowadays, it's, you've got to prove that 2 plus 2 equals 4 or something. I don't know. But, but the thing about the old arithmetic books, here's the thing that I liked about the old arithmetic books the answers were in the back of the book you remember that anyone remember that the answers were in the back of the book folks the answer is in the book I said the answer to your dilemma the answer to your situation it's in the book it's in the book So the first miracle just required simple obedience to two simple commands. But the second miracle is different. It goes to a different level because I don't know if you've noticed in your walk with God, but I noticed in my walk with God, he's never, He never wants to leave us where we are right now. I don't care if you've had the Holy Ghost 50 years and, and thank God for that and we honor you for that. But there's always, he's always wanting to take you to another level. He's always wanting you to just take another step. Just go a little deeper. Just go a little higher. Just go a little further in your walk with God. So in the second miracle, it just carries it to a different level. That's why Jesus said to that nobleman in Cana of Galilee, he said the first thing that he said, Except you see signs and wonders, you'll not believe. Jesus was saying to that man, I see that you've got faith, but it, your faith seems to be the common faith nowadays, and that is sight faith. If I could just see a miracle, I can believe God can heal my child. If I could just see a miracle I can believe that God will provide for my every need if I could just see a miracle I can believe that God can deliver that drug addict if I could just see a miracle I can believe that God can work this out and help me through this situation and then Jesus turned to that nobleman and he took it to another level and he simply said to that man go your way your son lives. 
go your way, your son lived. Just simply spoke the word. Go your way, your son lived. Now, if you go, we read the verses, but if you go a little, just go ahead and skip forward a little bit in those verses. The Bible says, and the man believed the word that he had spake unto him. He believed the word. You know, I get a little bit weary sometimes, especially in this, I know we're in an information age, and I know we are flooded with, with so much information on the internet. And, I, and, and, and I'm not against that. I'm not preaching at all against that this morning. I think we should use that to our advantage and for, the, uh, and for the good of the whole of the kingdom of God. But not against that at all. Not saying anything at all against that. But, uh, 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 but uh, there's so much information available. You know, we just want to know why. We want to know when. We want to know how. We want to know why this happened or what you know, we want to look up the diagnosis. We want to look up the symptoms. We want to know everything about it. But again, I want to say the answer is in the book. It's already in the book. So the Bible says that he believed the word that he spake unto him. He didn't ask for an explanation. He didn't ask for a qualification. He didn't ask for proof. He didn't ask for anything. The Bible says he believed the word that Jesus had spoke, that spake unto him. And then the Bible says that he turned and as he was going down, which means he was returning to Capernaum where his child, his son, that he had left at the point of death, when he turned to walk away, I believe something happened at that point in time. I believe, in fact, the scriptures prove that something happened at that point in time. Because the Bible says that the next day, as he was going down, he met his servants coming to meet him. And when he met his servants coming to meet him, perhaps at a distance, there could have been, I don't know, but I suppose there could have been a a temptation to to think oh no this is not going to be good because you know but when he met the servants they were joyous and they were they were not it was not doom and gloom but they were joyous they were positive and the bible says that the servants met him and they began to say your son lives your son lives your son lives and I, want to, I just want to pause there for just a minute to say, you know, amazing things happen when the servants begin to say the same thing that the master says. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? I said amazing things happen when we begin to say what the master is saying and we begin to agree in his word and agree with his word and we begin to speak what he is speaking And the Bible says that he inquired and he asked them, well, what time was it yesterday when this happened? And the servant said, well, it was at the seventh hour. And the man, the Bible says the man knew it was exactly at the seventh hour yesterday when Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. At the very time yesterday 
when he believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and he turned to go his way, that's when it happened. When he believed here, something miraculous happened there. I want to tell someone in this service this morning, what you do here in this service today can determine what is happening there. Whatever your situation, whatever in your family or in your workplace or somewhere far away, what you do here can affect what happens there right now. I'm talking about faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. God will meet you at your point of faith. And He's faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Say it again, I said it earlier. What He did then, He'll do now. If He said it, He will do it. God will meet you at your point of faith. One step of faith made all the difference in the world for that nobleman and his son. One step of faith. Someone might say, Brother Adams, do you really believe that it was just at the moment he took that step? Well, it was at the seventh hour. His servant said it was at the seventh hour. He said that's exactly when it happened. That's exactly when he spoke that word to me. That's exactly when I grasped that word. That's exactly when I put that word in my heart. That's exactly when I latched on to it. And I decided I'm going to believe it. I'm going to walk by it. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to claim it. Some musicians uh, may come. Moses was standing on the edge of the, on the bank of the Red Sea. And the Egyptian army was behind Pharaoh and his army, the most powerful army on earth at that time. The richest empire and kingdom on planet earth at that time. The most well-equipped soldiers and army with the chariots at that time. And Moses and upwards to a million slaves that had just been set free. They were not armed. They were not equipped. Standing on the bank of the Red Sea. The Red Sea's in front of them. Egypt, Pharaoh, and the armies behind them. And the Bible says that God spake to Moses at that time. And you know what God said to Moses? Go don't go back don't go right don't go to the left go forward and there's a red sea before them you know the story you've been you've heard it since you were a child in Sunday school and the Bible says that Moses stretched out his rod remember the rod of Moses the rod of Moses is symbolic of the authority of heaven in Moses hand is symbolic of the authority of God in the hand of man. And when Moses stretched that rod out over the sea, maybe you've never thought of it this way, but let me say it a little different way. When Moses stretched his rod toward Canaan land, 
Are you listening to me? I said, when he stretched his rod toward Canaan land, every time Moses stretched his rod toward Canaan land, good things happened. And when he stretched his rod toward Canaan land, the waters of the Red Sea parted. And yes, I do believe they walked across on dry ground because that's what the Bible said. I don't know what it was like. I don't know if there was walls of water on each side. I don't know how it looked. I don't know how it happened. But I, I just know it happened because the Word said it did. And he stretched his rod out over the sea toward Canaan land. And the waters parted. And they walked over on dry ground. And the Bible then says that the Egyptians, Pharaoh and his army, they saw what was happening. And they thought, evidently they thought, they can do it, we can do it. If their God has opened up a way for them to go through, come on boys, we're, we're going to pursue and we're going to take them back to Egypt, let's go also. But you see, there's some things that will work for the people of God that don't work for the people of the world. Hello? I said there's some things that will work magnificently for the people of God that may not work so well for the people in the world. And I'm not saying anything against the people in the world. The Bible says that when Moses and the children of Israel got across to the other side, Pharaoh and his army are in the midst of the sea. They're coming. They're in hot pursuit. I believe they were on dry ground also at that point in time. But do you know what the Bible says? God told Moses, now stretch forth your hand back over the sea. And when Moses stretched his rod back toward Egypt, bad things happened. As long as he stretched it toward Canaan land, good things happened. But when he stretched it out toward Egypt, bad things happened. And the sea closed in and Pharaoh and all of his army were destroyed in the sea. Amen. I just want to say a word of thanks to our pastor today for always stretching the rod toward the promised land. Just keep stretching it, Brother Borders, toward the promised land. Just keep stretching the rod toward revival. Good things are on the way. Good things are going to happen. Good things will always happen when we're going forward in Jesus' name. So, that trip across the Red Sea, please stand. The journey across the Red Sea, ladies and gentlemen, it began with one step. Can you imagine stepping down into, if there were walls of water on both sides, I don't know how it was, but it, it took a step of faith. I don't know what your dilemma may be today. I don't know what you may be facing today. There's a Chinese proverb that says this. It says, be not afraid of growing slowly. Be afraid only of standing still. It's a pretty good proverb. In your walk with God, don't be afraid if you're not growing as quickly as someone else may be. Just be afraid if you're just staying still and you're not growing and you're not moving forward. Faith is a vital element. And today, the same faith that changed the dilemma for that nobleman in Cana of Galilee can change your faith.
can change your dilemma. So the first miracle, just a simple act of obedience. Two commands, two simple acts of obedience. But the second miracle required faith in the spoken word of God. Not just faith, just a simple act, but faith to believe that God is taking care of that situation a long way from where I am right now. Amen. God has blessed this church greatly in the past. The greatest days of the church in the earth are yet to come. And I just feel in the Holy Ghost this morning that the greatest days for this church, for Apostolic Worship Center and this church and this community, the greatest days are still to come. They're yet ahead. I said they're yet ahead. They're yet ahead. Continue to walk by faith. Step out by faith. Take that step of faith. Whatever you're facing today, whatever your dilemma, whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, take that step of faith because what you do here will change things there. Jesus' name. We're going to use that faith this evening when it comes time for the faith promise service. That same faith that brought you to where you are now is the same faith that's going to carry you all the way to those golden shores in heaven's fair land, ladies and gentlemen. Faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. I just wonder on this Sunday morning if there's anyone here that would like to just take a step of faith and as a show of faith, and find a place around the altar area, the front of the church here, and spend some time in prayer this morning, just believe in God. If He did it for them, He'll do it for you. If He's ever said it in His Word, He will do it. You can bank on it. You can, you can just be assured of it. Is anyone here today, you've got a dilemma, you're facing a situation. You don't know how it's going to play out. You don't know how it's going to work out. But I know this one thing, it will work out because God is in control. You'd like to take a step of faith and come and join some of these good people around the front of the church. We're just going to spend a few minutes in prayer this morning before this service is closed out. I believe miracles can happen today. You can receive the Holy Ghost if you've never received the Holy Ghost on this Pentecost Sunday morning. You can be healed today by the power of God because by His stripes we were healed. You can have deliverance today. You can receive direction in your life today for the rest of your life today. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices. And let's begin to pray. And let's believe God in this place today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 
329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.